welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. This morning's scripture passage is from Samuel, passage 2, 1 through 10, Hannah's prayer. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord, 
My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by God actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. God brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. God brings low, God also exalts. God raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap and to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillar of the earth are the Lord's. On them, God has set the world. God will guard the feet of the faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. God will give strength to the king and exalt the power of the anointed. Out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is great, and my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fixed your sight on your servant's flight, and my weakness you did not spurn. So from east to west shall my name be blessed, could the world be about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to From the depths of the past to the end of the age to be. Your very name puts the proud to shame, and to those who would for you yearn. You will show your might, put the strong to flight, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. From the halls of power to the fortress tower, not a stone will be left on stone. Let the king beware, for your justice tears every tyrant from their throne. The hungry poor shall weep no more, for the food they can never earn. There are tables spread, every mouth be fed, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing 
of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. Though the nations rage from age to age, we remember who holds us fast. God's mercy must deliver us from the conqueror's crushing grasp. The saving of the forebears heard is the promise which holds us bound. Till the spear and rod can be crushed by God who is turning the world around. My heart shall sing of the day you bring out of the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away Fires of your justice burn, wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. Amen, amen. One of my favorites, let the fires of your justice burn, for the world is about to turn. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If I asked you, what is your deepest longing? What would you say? Would a material object come to mind? Or some goal or agenda? Or would it be some sort of release or rest from current exhaustion or stress? Well, if those were your answers, I'd ask you to think again. In response to this question, the, those material objects and agendas, they're, they're more often the desires of our egos, not unimportant. And the visions of rest are connected to the temporary needs of our bodies and minds, not unimportant. But not exactly what I'm getting at here. When I say deepest longing, what I'm talking about is a longing of the soul and of the spirit. C.S. Lewis wrote, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. When we are able to uncover our deepest longings, what we find is that they are about purpose, transcendence, and an affirmation of who God created us to be. Our deepest longings connect us to God and to others in transformational ways, and when we acknowledge them, the world shifts, the world turns, and we can come closer to helping God create heaven on earth. A friend of mine used to put it this way, 
There's a God-shaped hole in each of us. I wonder if, like me, you've been pondering Barb Wenger's video shared last week in worship and through Epworth's weekly email. In the video, Barb tells us her story of being moved to change the school she's been teaching in for years. She shared that she was moved by the music and the sermons at Epworth to respond to one of her deepest longings, to serve in an underserved community. The joy that Barb feels as she expresses and tells her story is palpable and her sense of purpose shines through. She's tapped into this source of energy that is God as her deepest longing is met. You'll see that same joy of deep longing met from Jonah Ariola Burrell today in the video you'll see later in our service. In our scripture today from 1 Samuel, we meet Hannah, the mother of Samuel, who we see rejoicing that her deep longing has also been met. Her rejoicing is known as Hannah's song. And it comes right after she has given birth after a long period of infertility. It's a song of praise and thanksgiving to God for answering her prayer. One might think that Hannah's deepest longing was to have a baby and be a mother. But that's not quite what the text says. So let's look again. In chapter 1, just before our text for today, we learned that because Hannah did not have children, her husband's other wife, Peninnah, would provoke and irritate her. This caused Hannah so much distress that she wept continuously and she wouldn't eat, leading us to wonder if it was, it was the infertility or the harassment and judgment that Hannah experienced. That was really her consuming distress, the focus of her attention and energy. And so Hannah goes to the temple and asks God for a son. And the reason stated in the text for her prayer for her son was that so she could be free from the provocation of Peninnah. Not so that she could be a mother, so that she could be free from the judgment and provocation and harassment Hannah had become so focused on Peninnah and her torment that it was consuming her. It seems that the text is telling us that Hannah is more focused on the harassment than on being a mother or on even her deepest longings of being connected to God. This is in the way. Sometimes that happens to us. Though our deepest longing is for God, though there's this God-shaped hole in each of us, sometimes something or someone blocks us from being who and whose we are. In her prayer in the temple, Hannah pledges to God that if she would be able to have a son, he will be dedicated to God. Hannah pledges to give her son up to priestly work. And she says that she will bring him to the temple and hand him over from the time that he is weaned. So a very young age, one, two, three. This pledge has always been shocking to me. 
And honestly, it's been hard for me to understand how Hannah could do this. But if we look again more carefully at both chapter one and Hannah's song for today, which is in chapter two, the text reveals something else. In Hannah's song in chapter two, she says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my strength is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. And as Hannah's song continues, there is much exultation at God's goodness. And there's as much exultation about God's goodness as there is celebration that Hannah's enemy's hold is no longer on her. A new picture of Hannah's deepest longing emerges. A longing not literally for a child, but for connection to God. And a new picture of Hannah's enemies emerges, an enemy that is not literally Peninnah, but anything that is a barrier to her connection with God. There is an invitation here to see this not as a literal story, but as a story of longing for God and the exultation that comes when that longing is met. Today is the culmination of our two months of holy conversations on race, racism, and racial justice. And I believe it is a deep longing of this congregation to dismantle white supremacy, to further racial justice, and to build the beloved community. Through these deep longings, we become even more connected to God. But like Hannah experienced, there are provocations to this deep longing for connection. There are enemies to these deep longings. We've been wrestling with the enemies of racial justice and beloved community, and like Hannah did in her song, it can be helpful to name them while at the same time putting our trust in God to vanquish them. So the first enemy I'd like to name is an addiction to power and privilege. Addictions are insidious. They operate in ways we stop being able to see. They warp and disable our lives. For persons in dominant groups, when we say we want beloved community but aren't willing to give up what makes us comfortable, or we aren't willing to give up a seat at the table, power and privilege are blocking our connection to God and others and the deep longing for racial justice. And ironically, the thing we need to always remember about addictions is that it is precisely the admission that we are powerless. That is the first step to overcoming the addiction. Are we willing to let go of our own power and privilege in order to build the beloved community? Are we willing to put our energy and focus to considering what would work better for those not here or those who are not of dominant groups than just what would work better for us? Shame, too, can be an enemy of dismantling racism and white supremacy. 
And as white persons become aware of our own behaviors and histories that have caused harm to persons of color, and as persons of color hear again those histories, shame can pervade our whole bodies. When we are dealing with shame, we must listen for God's love and practice compassion for ourselves and others. The key of this compassion is to move into our bodies. That's the place where shame resides. This is why we've begun each of our forums in the Holy Conversation series with a form of pause, of grounding ourselves in the room and in our bodies, release, focusing on finding and releasing areas of tension, and then focusing on our breath, feeling that spirit of compassion come into our bodies and tell us, I'm here, I'm in control, be well, be healed. Moving into our bodies and bringing our attention to our breath can connect us back to God. This breath and body work can help us combat another enemy of racial, racial justice and building the beloved community, which is, especially if we are white, to externalize racism and say we are aware of it, its insidiousness and structural nature, the way it pervades so many aspects of life, but not our lives. That's something that happens out there that we're aware of, but it isn't something that we do or that has happened to us. The truth is that histories and patterns of racism that continue to be played out call us all into confession as a communal body, into repentance, and then necessarily as a community into repair. As Christians, when we go to God in confession and repentance, we can be released to do the work of healing and repair. When we return to Hannah's song and envision the enemies she's talking about as the enemies of racial justice, Hannah's song takes on new dimension. Hear these words again, there is no holy one like the Lord, no one beside you, there is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by God actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. My deepest longing is that the bows of white supremacy would be broken and that we as a community would be opened to where God is leading. My deepest longing is that we would be strengthened in our trust and in our honesty, so that we would speak words of confession, words of pain, words of repentance, words of mercy, words of repair, words of hope. My deepest longing is that our actions and commitments would more fully reflect the beloved community. May these and your own deepest longings for God and for connection and reconciliation with all God's people come to fruition so that we may sing with Hannah, our hearts exult in the Lord.
Our strength is exalted in our God. Our mouths deride our enemies because we rejoice in triumph and glory and love. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, see that thou art. Thou my dearest thought, by day or by night. been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.